divide up into four parties. And we'll hit all the farms and the trails to make a big circle. And we're bound to come across somebody that's seen these skunks. this shit hole. You fat man. Speak up. Uh, I own this establishment. Bought it from Greeley for a thousand dollars. You better clear out of there. Yes, sir. Just hold it right there. Hold it! Well, sir, you are a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. You'd be William Money out of Missouri. Kill women and children. That's right. I've killed women and children. Killed just about everything that walks or crawled at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill. Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 134 of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I'm joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, and this week, we're going to... There's not really any, anything out in the uh, cinema in the UK this week, apart from the Bradley Cooper movie, Burn, uh, which... There, there was that Brooklyn as well, which is, like, such a case of... The marketing is boring as sin, but everyone who's seen it seems to like it. Yeah, I. it's going to take a real lot for me to actually ever fucking watch that because it just looks fucking awful. It looks like Saoirse Ronan's going to be in the Oscar conversation, so if she starts, if she, if she actually gets nominated, I'll, I'll watch the thing. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll watch it based, based on that, yeah. Um, but, I don't know, it looks like one of those to me where... 
everybody is, is going about how amazing it is and it's one of those ones that I, I have a feeling I'll sit on a watch and go what why what's going on I don't understand it yeah I mean there, there was that and there was Burn which is just like the, the reviews for that have been terrible I, I barely had any interest in watching that as it was anyway so. yeah I mean I, 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 I don't usually mind cooking movies but that just I, I just don't get it I just don't get the the, the point really of that one um, so this week we're going to talk, chat about Bone Tomahawk, um, a, and uh, we're also going to get our Star Wars Return of Marathon, isn't this? Uh, we get our Star Wars Marathon um, kick-started with Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, we're also going to chat uh, some what we've been watching and some questions, uh, chat some trailers, and take our usual trip down tangent lane. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll start that off. So um, you you bought an Apple TV? I did buy uh, Apple TV. Yes, I had I had an amusing experience uh, setting up my Apple TV when my uh, wife's puppy jumped on the remote when I was answering the door, and I came back and he'd selected the language Spanish to set it up. Nice. <laughs> so I had to set up the entire thing in Espanol, <laughs> and then um, convert it. So yeah, so that was yeah. amusing. Um, so yeah, I've got Apple TV. Um, first kind of uh, impressions are it is uh, as you usually expect from a lot of our products. It, it's smooth. It works really nice. It's really nice looking. The the tech is very good in it. Um, it's Netflix loads like that. Um, I just cut my fingers in case you didn't hear that. So it is fucking mental how quickly Netflix works on it. Yeah, it, it, I just I. The fact that you press play and it feels like it just starts straight away. Yeah, it is. It is great. I'll be. I'll be. Um, I'll be a lot happier once I could once unblock uh, US officially kind of say, look, it works on our system. We've ironed out a few kind of little issues they've had with it and things like that, and I can kind of flip between the the regions. I'll be a lot happier at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, first pressure, it, it, it's really good. I still think um, that. Uh, Digital purchasing is still way too expensive for what it should be, really. Um, you know, I mean, I, for instance, I said to Ian, I, I was watching When Harry Met Sally the other day, um, and I wanted to watch that. Uh, and I thought, well, do you know what? I'll have a look. And I had a, I had a price in my mind um, that if it was if it was below um, sort of six ninety nine or six ninety nine or below. Then I was going to I was going to buy it and have that as my first ever purchased digital copy of a movie, uh, and it was eight ninety nine. And I just thought, oh, do I really want to pay eight ninety nine when I can probably watch it for free? So, so I didn't bother. Um, but yeah, the the search function on it, the Siri search, is sometimes it's really good, sometimes it's a little bit it, it's a little bit iffy. Um, on there, I still think. It, in, in terms of understanding you, or um, in, in terms of just like not being like, I don't, I don't really know what you mean there. Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest. Sometimes you don't yeah. understand me, but they're gonna have quite a, a low voice, so sometimes it, 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 that voice recognition stuff doesn't really work for me. Uh, other times, I'll ask it to search for stuff, and it, 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 it's it's not quite as. Uh, for instance, I asked to search for films under ninety minutes, which you know is it, it, it's. That is something that I reckon in three, four months' time you'll be able to do, but currently you can't do. Um, I asked it to search for Polly Shaw movies and it told me to fuck off, uh, which I kind of maybe don't blame it for. Um, so there was that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, one thing I, I do really like uh, from it uh, is, and what I will use it for more than, than a lot, is stuff that I have actually stored on my um, on my computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can drop into my iTunes a link into my iTunes on there, and it comes up in my home movies, and I can watch it through my Apple TV. So I can almost use it essentially like a media hub. Um, that's attached to my TV, which is great. That's brilliant. I mean, I, I've used that loads in the past week. Um, so that's a function that I'm, I'm, I'm using use quite a lot. Uh, it's 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 strange because I think in in six months time we'll both be having very different, not different to each other experiences, but in six months time, once a lot of the other sort of apps have been brought out for it and things like that, we'll be having you know a lot more interaction with that I'm, I'm sure i mean there isn't an amazon prime app for it yet i don't think is there? there's not going to be is there not going? i mean like jesus amazon have just stopped allowing anyone to sell apple tv on amazon wow so, so it's going to be that harsh well then you know there's, there's that I, I do think though that even um rentals i mean i wanted to rent um caught the solace the other day uh i have it on dvd i don't know blu-ray but i thought i want to watch it in hd um i'll rent it I don't was know, it four forty nine? And it was four forty nine. I thought yeah. four forty nine to fucking rent a what five year old movie. You know, if that had been two forty nine, even three forty nine, I might have gone. But over four quid is a little bit like, do you know what? For an extra quid fifty, I can buy that on fucking Blu Ray. Yeah, the, the the rental prices on on iTunes are a bit of a piss take. They don't seem to have like they're. That to buy stuff that is quite it's tiered, depending like pretty much on how old the stuff is. But I mean, like I'm having a look at American Psycho now, and it's five ninety nine to buy in HD with extras, or four forty nine to rent in HD. And it's just I, I like surely have a tiered progression for 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 rentals that kind of goes along the same lines as as buying. Exactly. Um... It just it, it just seems like they're 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 wanting people to convert to this, but they're 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 pricing it in accordance um, to as they would a, a Blu-ray, and it shouldn't be like that, really. It, it should be the way that they got people to convert um, from buying CDs to buying um, digital downloads of songs, essentially was by going, hey, you don't have to go out to a shop and pay two ninety nine or three ninety nine or whatever it is for the copy of that on single. You can just buy it for 79p. Here you fucking go. But with a movie, it's like, oh, you know, you can go out to a shop and you can buy that for, uh, for, for 9 99 and you can have the copy, or you can buy it for 9 99 here. Got- I, I've, got, I've got to say... Genuinely, I think I think it's more a question of the distributors, and I'll explain why. With with games, that they, they are more pretty much more expensive buying digitally through yeah. Xbox Store or PlayStation Network, mm. and it's basically because Sony and Microsoft don't want to piss off the their re, the retail the, the people like the games and the Tesco's and the Asda's of this world. Yeah. And I think the distributors of these films don't want to piss off the brick-and-mortar stores that sell Blu-rays and DVDs 
by having these things be substantially cheaper. Now, Fox are the one studio who seems to be kind of flying in the face of that. Their iTunes stuff is nine ninety nine on the day of, and the Blu-rays will be about £15 in store. And Fox are one of the better companies for iTunes extras as well. So I think Fox is certainly trying to push consumers down this road. But the other studios are only doing so in as much as they're releasing stuff on iTunes a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation comes out on iTunes in two weeks time. It's not out on Blu-ray until like the first week of December. Um, so, you know, you've got that, but it's still going to cost you thirteen ninety nine for an HD copy on iTunes. But I'm still, I'm personally, I'm okay with paying that because I'm like, I would buy Mission Impossible Rogue Nation on Blu-ray day one anyway. Mm. Um, it would cost me 15 quid. If I'm getting it for a quid cheaper, I'm getting it a couple of weeks early. Yes, it's digital. I don't actually own it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't really care. I don't see any reason why iTunes are suddenly going to have a falling out with Paramount and yank it from their store. Well, no, they, they, they wouldn't. I, you know, I, the the you don't own a physical copy of it, but you own the license to view it whenever you please. Is what you'd say. Is what essentially a digital copy is is there. It's not the same as if, let's say, you downloaded it from a another site. We'll say. Yeah. In that case, there you don't own a copy of it. You have acquired a copy of it. That is that is it is different. Personally, I think um, you know if you paid for it, you know then like you say, they're not gonna. There's not gonna come a point, or there's highly unlikely there's ever gonna come a point where one of the studios is gonna go. Do you know what? I choose. We're yanking all our fucking films from you here. That it will be written into their contracts. It states that even if they do, it will be future releases. It won't be ones that people have already purchased. That, yeah, quite. That's just what it will be. Once you've bought it from iTunes, that's it. Unless Apple as a company pull iTunes in its entirety, um, then you will always have access to that. This is it. And I mean, like now, I, I mean, again, it is laziness, but I can just talk to my Apple TV and say, start Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it, it that whole kind of, I don't know. I just I'm very done with Blu-rays. I'm I'm trying to declutter my life, and that is a good bit of decluttering that I can do. Yeah, I, I'm 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 still going to buy uh, the odd uh, steelbook. I don't buy Blu-rays anymore, but I'm still going to buy the odd steelbook uh, just because I like the idea of collecting them. But when I say the odd, I mean the odd. Well, weirdly enough, I got sent um, a, a steelbook that I had ordered. Um, months and months and months ago um, from Zavi, and then I'd cancelled uh, and it was a copy of the uh, the Grindhouse Steelbook, and the reason why I cancelled it is because I've already got Grindhouse um, on um, Blu-ray, uh, and I've also got it uh, Death Group as part of the Quentin Tarantino box set, and the Steelbook it doesn't have the full individual movies on it, it's just got Grindhouse okay. and the extras okay. so I thought, you know what it was twenty nine ninety nine. I thought for twenty nine ninety nine to just look at the case. I'm no, no, not going to bother. So I cancelled it, and they accepted my cancellation and everything like that. And that fucker has been out for a good few months, and he's now nine ninety nine. Except they've just sent me a copy and charged me twenty nine ninety nine for it. Yeah. So I, I, I then I when I've queried it and said, look, look I cancelled this ages ago. 
Um, they're now asking me for a to take a screenshot of my cancellation. Oh, Christ. And then send them a picture of that screenshot of my cancellation uh, before I can return it. Uh. So I responded with, no, send me, because they send you out return forms, Abby. they email you a return form that you then fill out, and then you, you then uh, print out, and then you send it back. It's like, just send me the fucking return form. I don't want it anymore. I never ordered it. It's cancelled. Send me that. I got a response off them saying, I'll need to speak to a supervisor. We'll get back to you in 24 hours. Yeah. Like, fine. So, it's been 24 hours. I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll have to deal with that tomorrow. But yeah, that was... That kind of me go, oh, do you know what? I don't need this shit in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, man. You're busy enough. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, but yeah, so my I'm I'm enjoying Apple TV so far. Uh, very much enjoying it. Uh, let's say once I can flip between my Netflix, I'll be a little bit more happy with it. But the usability of it's great. The remote is fantastic. Um, it's you know the voice recognition. It, it, I think it, what you can do with it will grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, it, you know, it's it's hugely in its infancy right now. Uh, the whole fucking unit. So where it'll where it'll be in in, in six months time. Um, hopefully it'll be we'll be able to say particular things. For instance, I asked for, to search for uh, noir films, and it just had no idea what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, it's this this kind of shit's going to come, like you say. I mean, like like I said last week. I mean, like the reason why I kind of dove in was because like being on the ground floor of it is something that appealed to me. And in the end of the day, they're only gonna it's going to be a couple of years until they until they upgrade it at least. They're not going to put out another one next year. I just I don't see it happening because the, the only reason why they put one out is if they're doing 4K. But to do 4K, they'd have to start offering 4K content on the iTunes store. And I've got a feeling that's a ways off. Yeah, I, 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 I don't envision. It's not something that's going to be something they replace every year, like the iPhone and the um, and the iPads. Really. The iPads didn't really replace every year. They replace it every 18 months. But I think it's, it's too much of a luxury item. Um, for them to bother replacing it. No one's going to replace their Apple TV every fucking year. This is it. If, I, it's just like, if they were going to put out a 4K one next year, I think they would have just put out a 4K one this year. Uh, yeah, they'd have just waited six months. Yeah. Plus, it, it's one of those things where there's there's only, a, there's only going to be a limited amount of people who are going to bother with 4K TVs for now. For now, yeah, for sure. In yeah. three, four years' time, there'll be more, and in five years' time... It'll be the same amount of people that have full HD TVs will have 4K TVs. But there's no point in chasing a market that just ain't fucking there. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, it was funny, though. Like I was talking about it on um, Facebook, and um, Ben from Mondo Moon, uh, Movie chimed in and he was saying, you know, no 4K, not interested. It's just like... Ben is like the vice president of CBS Interactive... Um, you know, he's quite a big cheese who has actually met President Obama, and I have seen the photo to prove it. That man can afford a 4K TV. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like I, Ben is a good dude, and I am, I'm just, I am, I'm just needling for fun. But he can afford 4K TV. A lot of people can't. I am fine with it not providing 4K for now. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Even though I am someone who can drop 130 quid on an Apple TV, but I sold shit and 
I got commissioned to write a review for it and I got paid for that. So, you know, th- th- these things happen. You you got it because your wife said yes, because you've been very good to her lately letting, let you, with her, you letting her get a dog and whatnot. Also, by the way, I love the fact that you are saying my wife's puppy. You are not taking any ownership oh. of it whatsoever. That's smart. Oh, Ollie, it is, That's smart. It is Becky's puppy. I, I, I have two cats. Becky has our puppy. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the way it, it, it is at the moment. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I'm sure we'll tangent off at other points. Uh, but go on, Ian. Uh, trailers. There have been some. Yeah. Um, um, I have watched, uh, a, well, a couple anyway. I've noticed there's actually some that I've missed this week. But um, the, the kind of the Japanese trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, which I liked more than the previous trailer, actually, and I already quite liked the previous trailer, but I'm I'm very, very excited now. But you know, we'll talk more Star Wars later and over the coming weeks, so I'll leave it there. Um, London Has Fallen. Yes. Uh, I, I think the tagline for that should be dot, 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 fuck it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I'll watch it. I'm, I, you know, I, it, it looks like, I, I I I hope there's a line as good as let's play a game of fuck off you go first. I don't think there will be. Uh, but yeah, I, I just it looks ridiculous and it looks like Butler and Eckhart might be actually together in it more this time round. Yeah, I, I, as long as there's fucking loads of head stabs, I don't care. Yeah, no. It's, either that or, or he's got a new special move for this one. Exactly. If it's R-rated, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it looks like he does from the trailer have a new special move, which is sliding on his side uh, shooting. Yeah, okay, no, that's that's fine by me. I love that Gerard Butler has somehow found himself a kind of a shitty action franchise, which, I mean, let's not forget, Olympus Has Fallen came out in the same year as White House Down and completely trounced it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Olympus, Olympus Has Fallen was was one of those where it, it, it kind of it, it found an audience almost by accident. And I don't even think it was the audience it was looking for. People just woke up and found themselves in a cinema screening, screening Olympus Has Fallen. It was like, oh, right, then there's a film. Yeah, and it, it, it's, you know, it wasn't a, like a runaway success or anything like that. It's just, it made good money. And they expected it. To, to not. They expected it to, you know, the studio expected it to probably oh, lose money. I'm going to have to have a look now. I want to see how it... Because I know it did way better than Olympus Has Fallen. I mean, oh, it, it came out first. Yeah, uh, I think, fairness, I, but... I think it, 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 it just made just over double its budget, I think. Right, OK, let's do this. Because I've got White House Down. White House Down cost $150 million. $150 million and made uh, just over 200 OK, yeah... Olympus has fallen 161 off of a 70 million dollar budget. That's, that's decent money, that. Uh, I mean, it's not bad, is it, for what it was? See, I, I still haven't seen White House Down. It's 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 all right. It's fine. Um, I mean, Tatum and Fox together is quite good fun. But um, do, do you just know put me off it. I mean, it's just hmm. it's not the fact that people are saying it's shit or anything like that. It's two hours ten minutes long, and I look at it and go. Why, with the exception of the fact it's a Roland Emmerich movie, why is that movie over two hours long? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's trying to be Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard's over two hours long. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I, I mean, it was, it was, it was all right. You know, it was fine. I think, I think you'll like it. I, th- um, I will, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just, it, it, I remember Olympus Has Fallen more, if I'm absolutely honest with you. 
Yeah, I, 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 I remember really enjoying it, to be honest. It was fun. And probably because it's really harsh. It's very, very stabby, that film. Yeah. Very, very stabby. There's a lot of head stabs, which, which is cool. I like head stabs. It's not as... St- I don't think it's as stabby as... There's this film, The Yellow Sea, which I've never seen, but I re- and I, I did want it because I remember it getting good good buzz. But I remember an ad for it in like Total Film or Empire where there was a quote saying the stabbiest film ever made, <laughs> which is just the best quote I think I've ever read. <laughs> I, that the, that's the uh, Korean one, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, well, how could you not want to watch something if it's the called stabbiest the... film ever made? Come on. Yeah. That's good. That's a good time. <laughs> How could it not be? Oh, man. I'm, I'm into this. I think this is going to be a good show, man. I've got my cans of thirsty ferret going on here. Um, I'm diving well into real ale season. This is good. We've got some good shit going on here. Um, Warcraft. Did you see Warcraft? Yes, did. Yeah. Um, I never played the game. Never even seen the game on a screen. Um, could not give a fuck about the game. Yeah, could not give a fuck about the game. Um, yeah. Film looks like it could be good fun. Yeah, I mean the CG looks uh, a little ropey in spots, but pretty great in other bits. Paula Patton's character is that just makeup? Yeah, I, I would think it'll be a, a, a mixture of the two. Yeah, because I don't know whether they're going for like the Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing. Yeah, but, um, I like it. Yeah, but I mean, like, because that looks alright. But there was that one shot of like the um, the ogre holding the baby ogre, and fair enough. You know, there are no baby ogres. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to do that. It's going to look weird anyway because baby ogres don't exist. But, I mean, it kind of, it just looked like a little Shrek. You know, that kind of level of CG. Yeah, it did a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, that, and maybe because that's quite cartoony against the, the actual uh, 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 orcs or, uh, are they orcs or ogres? Orcs, I think. Orcs, okay. Yeah, whatever. Uh, um against like the, the like the, the kind of the, the grown up ones that actually look pretty good i think maybe that disparity just gets more so mm. you know because of like a, a, a kind of like uncanny valley type thing going on but um yeah i mean i think it looks fun i mean i'm intrigued to see how they do this whole both sides kind of have a point thing you know like the fact that the the orcs aren't actually bad they in their own society, they have a justifiable reason for actually going to war, but then so do the humans. You know, that, that's that's an angle I'm looking forward to seeing how, how it plays out. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this one goes. I, I mean, I'd like to think if anyone's going to pull this off, I'd like to think Duncan Jones would. But at the same time, in all fairness, he's only made two films previous. Hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I liked both films. And Source Code had a bit of a budget to it, I suppose. But it's, I mean, I, I mean, I very, 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 very much hope that he completely just goes, fuck you, look at this. Yeah. I really, really do. Um, but that, that would be a bit of a concern for me. But I, I mean, I don't know, like inexperienced directors can be behind um, decent films. You know, it, 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 I mean, uh, decent big budget films. You know, I mean, you look at Rupert Wyatt with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was his second film after The Escapist. The Escapist probably cost about 50 quid. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, with, with with World of Warcraft, what they've done is that they've got a they've got somebody who, who who's played it. Not just has, has, has got the gig and has played it after that. You know, 
Duncan Jones is, uh, you know, by his own admission, you know, he's he, he's a fan of of the game series, and he, he's a big gamer. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he, you know, he's constantly talking about um, sort of gaming and things like that. You know, not... if he if he wasn't doing Warcraft, he'd be uh, Warcraft, he'd be doing a film of XCOM. Yes, <laughs> like he, oh man, he loves XCOM. Um, but, I mean, it, it... it took the piss out of me actually about FIFA uh, when I put tweeted that I'd got the new FIFA. Mm. Uh, and he responded with, 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 dude, it ends exactly the same as the last one. That's funny. No, yeah, no, that's good. I, I, yeah, I mean, I like him on Twitter, man. I, um, I was the first person to make him aware of how Moon did in its opening weekend in the US. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, because he tweeted me going, "Holy shit!" You know, and because um, I, I, I tweeted him a link to Box Office Mojo. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. He's, he's one of those people who, who all tweets all the time, like. I noticed Christopher McQuarrie went off Twitter after he'd like finished promotion for Rogue Nation, going right. That one, that one's done. See you on the next one. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a bit like, wow, really? Um, there are ones that literally only use it to to, to to just exploit promotion things. Whereas Duncan Jones is is one who he just uses it because he uses it. Yeah, and I mean, Guillermo del Toro doesn't seem to know what Twitter actually is. He just recommends stuff constantly. It's brilliant. It, it, yeah, he's great. You'll look at Guillermo del Toro's Twitter feed, and someone will just come up and go, I remember in 1986 I watched Jewel in a... <laughs> like, Talking about like his reaction coming out of the cinema and stuff like that, yeah. That, that is what I want to see from Guillermo del Toro's Twitter. Yeah, no, totally, totally. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's great little snippets into somebody who clearly loves loves cinema. Not just loves what he does in cinema, but clearly just loves films. And wants to talk about it and like show people yeah. this stuff, but not in a pretentious kind of way. I don't feel like it. Like it's all he means this shit. Yeah, he's not trying to say, "Oh, look, look, look at what I watched and you know, yeah. how I yeah. felt about this." You should. Feel yeah. He's just going. Oh, I remember. I remember watching Blah. Like the jewel thing. A truck drove by and we start. Ah. Don't send. Mm. No, that's it's great. Um, and I, I mean, like, in terms of Warcraft as well, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it does against something like Assassin's Creed, which, you know, Ma- Michael Fassbender is producing and starring in it. Marion Cotillard's in there. Justin Kurzel's directing it. And Fassbender and Kurzel have both said they've never played the game before. They like the idea, but they've never played the game before. So, like, how is that gonna pan out? And it because it looks like it's gonna be kind of taking the idea of Assassin's Creed, but not actually pulling really like at, like doing any of the story from the games, which is probably a good idea because, from all accounts, the story in the games is pretty fucking blare. Um, I, I, I played Assassin's Creed for uh, about two hours, the first one, uh, and all I did uh, was was run to things and climb up it and look for shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just went. No, I'm not. This isn't for me. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've, I've never really had any interest in, in, in that. I started bloody tangent. I started bloody playing a Dying Light. Have you heard of this? Yeah, heard of it. Yeah, zombie parkour game. Yes. Right. Um, bought it on PSN, so I played the demo and I liked it. And it, it does that thing of, um, like one zombie is okay to deal with, loads of them really problematic. Yeah. Um, really well, but 
you can't fight them for shit. <laughs> like you pick up you like pick up planks and cricket bats and stuff, and after a few whacks where you might have just downed one, maybe it will say weapon ineffective. Find parts to repair it. It's like all right. I was in a mission where I had to clear out this area of zombies. There was no, like, it, I just had to for it to progress. And it was just like, right, I've got a cricket bat here. I've got this pipe. I whack them a few times. It says, find some shit to repair it. All right, brilliant. No. I, no, that's not a good time. <laughs> I want to whack zombies and see them go down and then move on. Yep. That's what I want to do. So I went, fuck that, and I bought the new Call of Duty, and I've just been shooting people in the head for the last couple of days. <laughs> you know, and, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's the, it's the cinematic, it, it's the gaming nourishment of a Michael Bay film. <laughs> but that's fine. It's, it's, and, yeah, it, it's, I, I, I'm not an, an avid gamer, uh, at all. Um, but occasionally I do like a, a game where I can just have kind of like I can have a weekend where I can just get on with shit with doing it and I don't have to fucking play the same level 15 times because it's too difficult for me. This is exactly it. I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm just treading water until Battlefront. You know, like this Fallout game's coming out this weekend. I don't, I, this week, I don't have much interest in that because I don't want to spend 80 hours on a game. <laughs> you know, yeah. Battlefront, I, I, that's all I, that's the only game I will play for the next month once it's out. It's all I'm going to do. All I'm going to want to do is Star Wars. <laughs> I'm going to Star Wars, basically, you know, yeah. for a month. And then if episode seven comes out and it's terrible, I've got a half day at work. I'm seeing it on the Thursday morning. I've got to go into work. I am going to be the most miserable bastard ever. That shit, yeah. Taking the taking calls if it's shit. <laughs> I am telling people about it. Yeah, I, I, I probably. Do, do, do you know what? I probably will be. <laughs> It'll be like, uh, yeah. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for calling. X Star Wars Episode Seven's terrible. My name's Ian. How can I help? <laughs> you know, it, it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, I mean, I. Oh man. People in work think I'm weird enough, the fact that I've booked a half day to go and see Star Wars. Like, my manager, I actually, like, because I was kind of hoping she wouldn't ask why. <laughs> and, 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 like, and, like, I was just, and she was like, oh, um, oh yeah, what, what are you doing? It's like, uh, going to see Star Wars. <laughs> and she just laughed at me. The thing is, the thing is it's one of those where, you, where, in your brain, I've had that before, where in your brain you go, why you could see going to the doctor's dentist um i've got my daughter's nativity at nursery any of those things but then you go just fucking tell the truth yeah i mean uh, if I, you come to work in the morning off and it's been great and you sit down and go oh my god the new style was fucking awesome <laughs> it's gonna look bad i mean yeah no exactly even though i mean i'm i'm Kind of tempted to buy a lightsaber and take it to the cinema with me just because it'll be fun, but then I'd have to take it into work. <laughs> oh, God, there will be people in costume, won't there? Well, they've already... I mean, that's the thing as well. Some cinemas have actually come out and said um, they're not going to allow people in, like, masks, and they're not going to allow anything that look like weapons in. I think it's more the US, in fairness. But um, I, I'll talk about it more later on, but I was watching the episode one documentary, The Beginning, 
And like it is, it's like shots of the opening night, like the midnight opening of that. And there's people just waving lightsabers and Darth Vader helmets all over the place. Mm. And it's just like the world has become a much less innocent place since. Oh yeah. You know, just in 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 what can like what has happened in like cinemas in the US. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. That, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, yeah, Warcraft looks good. Yes, it does. Yes. Uh, that that's actually it for me. If you've got any others. Uh, yeah, the uh, first full proper trailer for the Hateful Eight uh, is is out there. Oh, oh, I saw that as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, looks fantastic. Uh, I I like the fact that. What we've had for the past couple of Tarantino films, and I'm not, this is no criticism of the past two Tarantino films, I was a huge fan. Uh, they've been quite expansive movies. There's been, you know, they've been set over a, a period of time, whereas, you know, in, um, in Glorious Bastards, you know, it was set in sort of two time phases and it was set, it was a big fucking deal, you know, what was going on. And then uh, Django was, you know, that was quite expansive uh, as well. Whereas The Hateful Eight, it does seem like, essentially, we've got... It's going to be set over the space of a couple of days with, really, just these eight characters and possibly a few extras just kind of thrown in um, as almost, like, probably drop-in cameos. Mm. And then that's it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very much up for it. It does look like Tarantino instead of is, is going to be pulling out a lot of fucking tricks uh, in this, and he's he's very good at, at, at tricks. And it's going to be a little bit less um, homages, uh, which I've no again I've no issue with, but a little bit more of him, him going, you know, because originally this was I've got an idea, I'm going to do the hateful eight next, and then the script leaked, and he was like, do you know what? No, I'm not going to fucking do it. And then obviously he's gone. No, do you know what? I've got an idea. And when he gets an idea he, he, this much, he tends to run with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I like the fact that it's Samuel L. Jackson in, in more of a lead role. Um, you know, I do sense that he could end up getting nominated for Best Supporting. Mm-hmm. And maybe get that Academy Award that he should have got 20-odd years ago. That's interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, with with Samuel L. Jackson, you know, he's been quoted as saying before, you know, when asked, um, you know, why do you do so many movies? You know, you, you can pick and choose. And his response is, you know, is twofold. You know, he says, I, I spent 20 years not being able to get a fucking part and having a job. So, you know, now I, I make movies because I enjoy it because I get offered them now. And the other reason he gives is, you know what? I don't think I'll ever better Pulp Fiction. So I don't mind doing the odd film where I look at it and go, yeah, this ain't great. I ain't going to get props for this, but fuck it, it looks fun. Fair play. Good on him. Yeah, and it is, it is you know, it's very, very similar Jackson. But yeah, I, it, it looks fantastic. And I, I really, really cannot wait for it for like... Yeah, man, it's going to be all dialogue all the time and pretty, pretty scenery. And we, um, we were talking, weren't we? We're, we're yeah. thinking... What we're going to do is we're going to try and go see it opening weekend in the UK, which I believe is the first weekend in January. We're going to try and see it somewhere where it plays in 70 millimeter. Yes. And do like a live, well, like both of us in the same room type of thing. 
um, recording of like Hateful Eight, and I'm th- thinking probably top ten of the year as well. Yeah, but, you know, first weekend of January, it kind of like feels like the most appropriate like time. Not the first weekend, sorry, it's the second weekend of January. It's like I think it opens January the eighth. Yes, so you know, you know, we might be a, a week or so late with our end of year show, but fuck it. You know, if we can do that with us sat next to each other uh, over a few beers, I think it would be quite a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, hopefully we might be able to get Noel and maybe Jordan or something up, um, up for it as well. So, um, yeah, no, it should be a laugh. I mean, it, it all depends on where that's going to be screening in 70 millimeter, I think. Because, I mean, like, if it's if it's like Manchester or something like that, then brilliant. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, fine. Uh, yeah, or, I mean, Jesus, if it played in York, even that would be fine. Um, I mean, it's not going to play in seventy millimeter anywhere near me, so I'm okay with travelling. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, we, that's 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 the plan. Um, so it, it's it's that and um, randomly Deadpool, isn't it? Yes. that we're all going to get together for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on IMAX. Yeah, Deadpool. You know, I love that that we're going to. Oh, I'm actually going to schlep to the the IMAX just to see fucking Deadpool. But why not? I I can't wait. The, the, of, of all the comic book movies on Slate at the moment to be made over the next, let's face it, fucking seven, eight years, the only one that I am actively really, really looking forward to is Deadpool. Mm. The rest of them, I'm just like, yeah, that's happening. That's happening. That's happening. But Deadpool, I'm like, I, I, I really, I'm really excited. So that is one where if it ends up being shit, I would just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking dumb as superhero movies now. <laughs> oh, nice. But yeah, no, so I mean, there's a uh, like a couple of shows in in a relatively short space of time, which we'll be doing kind of like in the same room, which will be fun. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, uh, sorry, I'm not even hosting, am I? No, uh, final fun, one so. is um, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Um, oh, why, 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 why? And honestly... Um, it looks horrible. And I don't mean horrible as it looks like it's going to be a terrible film. It does look like it's going to be a terrible film. It looks hideous. I'm going to watch it now with the sound off. And you just continue talking and I'm just going to pipe up. Yeah, it, it, it looks, um, it just looks hideous. It's garish. It's, it's just far too much fucking colour. It, it just, it, it, it just looks just horrible. I, I do not. I know it made it made a shitload of money, um, and that's that's why they've made it. But it, it's it's not like anybody's asking them to make oh, it. Oh, that looks like a bell end. Sorry, yeah. it does look like it does. Uh, you know, it's it's James Bobbin um, who is oh the Muppets man. Yeah, is really yeah he's directing, um, and. Sasha Baron Cohen's in it, so you've got to put up with that. It just, I just do not see the fucking oh, point. Bonham Carter's back, is she? Yeah, of course she is. Is that Anne Hathaway? Yeah. Was she in the first one? Yeah. When was the first? Fucking, this is rather um, late, is it not? It is, like, it is, it is quite late. I think uh, Alice in Wonderland was, what, four or five years ago? God, yeah, it feels like... Fuck yeah, no, it wasn't. It, it, it will be six years between them. Bloody hell. Uh, um, right, so it's all about saving the bloody Mad Hatter, is it? Brilliant. Yeah. Of course it is. Mm. Yeah, just just no, 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 
can I? I, I mean, I, I've just watched this without the sound on. Is, is, is are they teaming up with the Queen? It would appear so, yeah. Yeah, of course they fucking are. Because that's what you do in the sequels. You have the bloody bad guy team up with a good guy to battle someone else, of course. Memorial Day 2016. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that making a fucking billion dollars for no reason whatsoever. Great. You'd hope that that it won't, but you know that it will. Reese Ifans plays Zanuck Hightop. Yeah. Of course he does. that, That film could literally get the worst reviews of any film ever, and it will still make money. But I guarantee you, none of the trailers will tell you who's directed it. It'll all be from producer Tim Burton. Producer Tim Burton, yeah. It'll be like like the Nightmare Before Christmas, which always gets referred to as being a Tim Burton movie, despite the fact that it's fucking not. Mm, mm. Uh, So, moving on, uh, our feature review is of Bone Tomahawk, uh, a western with slightly horror uh, aspects in it. Um, Written and directed by first-time director uh, Craig Zeller. Oh, sorry, S. S. Craig Zeller. Um, stars Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, Richard Jenkins, David Arquette's in there, so is Sid Haig, and uh, Lily Simmons. Uh, plot starts where you have Sid Haig and uh, David Arquette uh, end up uh, stepping on consecrated ground for a tribe of uh, Indian troglodytes. Uh, and then Sid Haig, remember we're all spoilers all the time, people. Uh, Sid Haig gets um, Tomahawk, well, Bone Tomahawk in the face, if I remember it correctly. Um, yeah. And then through a series of events, uh, Patrick Wilson's wife uh, ends up getting taken captive along with one of the deputies. And Kurt Russell, uh, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox and Richard Jenkins have to go and try and save her. Um, Ian. Bone Tomahawk. Thoughts, please. Fucking loved it. I had a whale of a time with this. I really, really, really liked it. Um, You know, it's just like a kind of a classical Western, someone gets kidnapped, bunch of guys have to go and kind of like rescue them thing. But it is harsh. It's really, really, really harsh. And when, like, when the brutality comes, it, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of, there are moments where it takes you by surprise through, like, peppered through the film. But then there's, like, a 20-minute spell at the end where it's just, oh, yeah. ah, ee, what the fuck? You know, I'm, it's just, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really, really liked it. And, um... Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, we'll get into it, Mark. What do you think? It, 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 it's brilliant. It really is. It, it's like you say. It's it's a it's a western. You know, this isn't a this isn't a horror trying to hide as a western or anything like that. This is a proper fucking western. Yep, totally. Um, the I was I was worried uh, a little bit because it it it, it gets to the point of where of where when you enter and they, they come into proper contact with the tribe um, there, I was thinking, right, what I'm wanting now is this to stay being a Western. To stay as being a Western. Don't, don't fucking start throwing any supernatural horror shit at me because then that's where I'm going to go, oh, you were doing so well. 
It totally seems like it's going that way, doesn't it? And it does seem like it's going that way, and then it doesn't, and it finishes, and you go, that's just a fucking straight up western. Like you say, it's it's fucking harsh, and it's brutal, um, but it, it there's it all follows a, a pattern. It, there's no there's no twist. It's just it is what it is, and you've got you're going on a journey with four characters who at never at any point try and pretend they're anything other than what you are. You've got Kurt Russell as the slightly kind of fucking surly sheriff who is just doing, you know, his duty. But, you know, even he'd admit, you know, the fact that he seems a little bit angry lets him lets it go a little bit too far. Uh, Richard Jenkins is just, he's not that bright. He's an uneducated man um, who is losing his senses a little bit. But he's as loyal as you can get to the, the sheriff. And if you ask him to fucking do something, he'll do it. And the great thing about him is, at all points throughout it, he is just a nice guy. Then you've got Matthew Fox, who, who, who let's be honest, was the, if you'd say you've got a cast of four people, you've got Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, <laughs> Matthew Fox and Richard Jenkins, you go, which is the odd one out? It's Matthew Fox. Why? Because he's a bit shit most of the time. Mm. He's not in this. He's brilliant. He plays an arsehole. Who the, f- an arsehole. <clears throat> the thing is, I've got to say, I liked him. I liked him as well, yeah. Because they... Because you, you are, again, you're expecting him to turn and, like, go mad at some point and, like, go off, like, too far. And he kind of does once when he shoots those two guys, but at the same time... You can see his reasoning. His, his reasoning sound. <laughs> and even though he is very disparaging about the, the Native Americans... He's got history with them. Yeah, he, he, he does. He's and and he doesn't. He never actually kind of goes into a, the, the full reasons. It's just uh, these are why I don't like them. And it's all almost like he's admitting. Well, I mean, his family got like killed yeah. by him, didn't they? Yeah, and it's it's almost like he's admitting. Do you know what? To you, to you, it might seem unreasonable, but I have my reasons. They're my reasons, and I'm not asking you to understand them. Just... And I, I mean, even like you know, there are a couple of like um, intonations of him kind of cracking on to Patrick Wilson's misses, and they they have that discussion at the one point. Yeah, and you you almost think of you know maybe it's going to come out that he was having an affair with her, and he wants to save her. No, no, nope. it, it just it's it's refreshingly straight. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's the story. The story quite simply is she gets kidnapped. The sheriff has to go because he's the sheriff. Richard Jenkins gets goes because he's loyal to the sheriff and he's got nothing else. Patrick Wilson has to go because it's his wife. And Matthew Fox has to go because he feels a debt because he went and got her involved in it. She wouldn't have gone had he not gone and brought her there. And there's an honour thing there. That's it. There's no murky ground in it, which is what a Western does. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I mean, it's it, it, it's shot like a western. It's it's slightly modern sensibilities, and so in some of the dialogue choices, I think are a little bit. Um, I mean, well, I mean, there's the scene where the uh, the third of Shepherd players explaining why uh, free songs cost a dollar. Yeah, and it, it it does kind of feel like yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have got that in a film like sixty seventy years ago, but 
it, it feels almost a little bit. You'd imagine Tarantino maybe pulling something like that. Or the um, the, the, could um, does that aperture ever shut? Or what was it he says when he's basically telling him to shut his mouth and he refers to it as an aperture? Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, go on. There, there is there is some dialogue that, that that does feel like it's like like it's been like it's been written and it's gone. No, that doesn't sound right. What about this? No. How can I make it sound more out of place to your 2015 years? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but that's I don't care no, I like because it. it's I, I really like the dialogue and I found I mean the the bit with the piano player is fucking amazing. It's brilliant. Then it turns the, the the sign round and it just says you know one one drink starting fee. Yeah, and it, and, it, and, and <laughs> just kind of looks at him and goes. Well, he's played me on that one. Fair enough. It's <laughs> so good. No, it's, it's... Yeah, man. I like. I. I yeah. I, I mean, it, that's great. I, I mean, the way that. Um, I, I like how no nonsense Kurt Russell is as well. You know, he's not trying to be a nice guy. He's not trying to be the hero. He's just doing his job. Yeah. You know, and. Um, I, 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 I. I mean, again, I will say maybe like when his wife's saying promise me you'll come back it is like okay he's gonna die at the end of it obviously but then again um that, that was mir- that was kind of tempered by richard jenkins going to visit his wife yeah and i think he says like i'll see you soon and i was thinking yeah okay he's gonna be with his wife at the end of the film so i liked at the end when um he he, he says i'll i'll pay uh, when Kurt russell says i'll pay my regards to your wife or yeah or, you no, know he, he says says um uh... Did you say like um, it, 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 it's tell my wife I loved it, I loved it, something like that, and I'll tell yours when I see her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, yeah. Like that, and it's like, oh, that's a good line. It's a lovely exchange. Yeah, it is, and there's, there's there's a lovely Richard Jenkins character kind of really nicely kind of breaks up what's going on between the other characters there, because you know he's just it's almost like he's happy to be part of the team. And he, he ends up being quite a vital member of the team. He, he's kind of almost like the fucking wolf in sheep's clothing. The fact that he pulls the gun on uh, Patrick Wilson, he takes his gun off him, and then Patrick Wilson calls him a. Didn't he call him a? a, some, a he calls him a imbecile. An imbecile or something like that. And afterwards, Patrick Wilson kind of says to him, "Like, I, I'm sorry for calling you that. I, you know, I, I was out of order." And his response to it isn't to say, "Oh, that's okay." He goes. Ah, uh, it's okay. It was kind of nice, actually. My wife used to call me all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, fuck, you cannot rattle this guy. The only way you can rattle this guy is if you if, if you get in the sheriff's face. This is, I mean, you can see the actors going to this, not because of a paycheck, but just because, oh, you know, it's a good cast. Yeah. It, it, these, are, these are good lines. This is- it's kind of... It's a class. It's kind of a classic story with uh, like modern sensibilities. Yeah, all right then. Why not? Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's it's one of those strange films where it, it's it, it'll end up having um, cult status more for the title than anything else. I, I've got to say, I hate the title. Title's, if, title's not very good. No. If I could take. I wouldn't, but if I could t- justify taking points off of the film for the title, I would. 
yeah, it, it is. It the title makes it seem like it's going to be a little bit more supernatural horror, or it's going to be one of those kind of you know straight to VOD ones that that's it, has taken a wrong turn in its there's chase kind of a shock factor, and there is a quite shocking scene in this movie, but there's a number of shocking scenes yeah, in this I mean, shocking movie yeah. to be fair, but have a place they all have a point mm, 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 and mm. they're not gratuitous they're graphic but they're not gratuitous Good yeah. and, and that that works so well it's a very very intelligently made movie mm. but i mean i mean the, the i mean the gore i mean the, some of the best kills i've seen on screen this year i mean the practical effects in this being a fucking incredible they are fantastic it, it, it it's it's so well balanced uh, oh. as a movie and I, I messaged you because you watched it before me and i messaged you and said the one thing that's really worrying me about this is the length it, it, it with it being over two hours and away away over two hours it's two hours 12 i think mm-hmm. um so it's not like 121 minutes so 132 minutes so you've got so when you know when it's when it's above sort of 130 minutes you know that the movie itself is two hours before credits. Sure. So I was a bit worried about that, but um, I, I, I paused to go to the toilet um, and, and thought I was about 20 minutes in. And I, won, I, I was an hour and five in. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, where did that go? No, I mean, I, I watched it in a couple of settings, so that, that didn't bother me so much. I mean, I, we talked about the trailer a few weeks yeah. back, and we were both like, the thing putting us off is the fact the trailer... I mean, the trailer's fucking terrible. No, the tip trailer. I, I, I mean, like, it doesn't get... That's not the movie. It doesn't tell you what this film is. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's re- that is a bizarre trailer. But, um, yeah, I mean, the length was the thing that concerned us as well. But, I mean, I actually... I could have watched these guys interact for a long a long while. Absolutely, yeah. And I, it was... I, when they, as they were getting closer and closer um, to um, the, the Trouble H kind of camp or um whatever they're dwelling uh there i was starting to go oh no no don't get closer there because I, I know that what happens there is i've got maybe 25 minutes before the end of the movie i, I don't oh. but when they do though man i mean like math like i was like matthew fox here it was like oh shit you know <laughs> i mean I, I, I thought his character was going to die at some point but not just there and then he's just like Leave me to it. I'm I'm done. I think he says. Yeah. Just leave me the dynamite. I'll try and kill as many of them as I can. Yeah. I, I, I'm too vain to live life as a cripple. I, I'm too vain to live life as a cripple. That's it's a good line, man. It's a it, great line. Like you say, you know, Fox's Fox plays that role fantastically. Um, Patrick Wilson plays his brilliantly as well. You know, he, that the fact that he, he he's he's struggling, really struggling to get there. And he's got, but he's got to get there. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's it. It just, classical story, really well told. I don't have an awful lot more to say about it. To oh, be me, fair. me neither. It's, um, it will be troubling my top ten of the year. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, maybe even very high on it. Um, it's It really is. It deserves to be watched. Um, but what I will say, folks, is if you're going in there thinking this is a... a, a a western kind of horror movie like it's been sold a little bit it's not this is a fucking western yeah it's just, but i mean it's gory as shit when it wants to be i mean like there's there's a bit where someone gets half their head taken off which is fucking unreal 
that that entire sequence is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I will say as well, Lily Simmons quite fetching. Yes, uh, um, Rebecca was constantly commenting on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely not shit. Definitely, definitely not shit. Mm. Yeah, very, 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 very pleased with it. Yeah, cool. Um, Gordon, Ian, um, what have you been watching this week? Cool. So I've got, um, I've only got two other things to talk about other than Star Wars. So I'll just rattle through them both if that's all right. Yeah, cool. I've, I've only got two as well to talk about. So there's quite nice symmetry to it there. Oh, nice. Okay, so um, I'll quickly mention the Vatican tapes. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is this one of them? No, it's not. I, I, oh, okay. I, I was gonna watch it, and then I watched the trailer and thought. Yeah, so um, it's directed by Mark Neveldine, uh, half of Neveldine Taylor, the directors of the Crank films and Gamer. Um, and here he is doing the Vatican Gamer. tapes. Yeah, yeah, I like Gamer. I, uh, I like Gamer, yeah. Um, so, um, basically, this uh, is about a girl who somehow becomes possessed. Um, the only background you get is that she wrote some sort of blog about the devil or something and then like straight i mean pretty much straight away like at the start of the film she's possessed i think like beforehand like of the, like the, the, the demon is in her and uh basically um Drew grace scott plays her dad and he's a military man and he like wants to help her doesn't like the girl's boyfriend i don't know who the girlfriend the, the girl and the boyfriend were played as but uh, played by but whoever and um, they enlist the help of Michael Pena, who plays a priest. Um, and Jaimon Honsu is in it as well as a, a leading guy in the Vatican who believes it's an ex, uh, it, it's uh, the devil or a, 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 a demon. And he mainly turns up in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, it's 90 minutes long. About 10 minutes of those were credits. I was written. It's got one of the most blue balls endings I've ever seen. Um, I kind of... I, I, are you actually going to watch this? No. Okay. Well, at some point, so you can't ruin it for me. But... Are, are, are you, are you, so, shall I go on? Or... Yeah, ruin it. I don't, it's not one that I'm going to be that... I'm probably, I'm probably more likely to watch it if you ruin it. <laughs> okay, so, like... You're about 70 minutes in and they try and perform an exorcism on her and basically it doesn't really work. And the demon um, like blows up the house and um, kills, uh, well, seemingly kills the, well, I think so, the dad and the boyfriend. Oh, no, maybe not the boyfriend, but maybe. I can't fucking remember. It was only Monday, but whatever. Hmm. Um, And it kind of cuts and... She's walked away from it all and then starts performing miracles and like uh, get like healing the blind and like making crippled men walk. And there's all this like news footage of like loads of people basically like praising her and worshipping her. And then other people like saying that she's a charlatan and she arranges this big stadium thing where like she's going to like unveil more miracles or something. And she walks out onto this stage and she kind of raises her arms up and I'm like, shit, what's going to happen now? And then the credits start. Ah, so they're trying, they're trying to sell the sequel. Mate. Yeah. I, I, it would, it would appear so. 
and the thing is, I, I, I was, the thing, I was thinking it's going to be like Last Exorcism Part Two, where like the last two minutes of that is a girl walking along and making shit explode with her mind and generally causing chaos. And it's like, yeah, all right, then I'll, you know, I'll watch. Like, I knew it was ending. Like, I, there was like 10, 11 minutes till the credits, but I was thinking, like, we have, might have like five minutes of like hell being unleashed or something. Yeah. But no, it just ends. And it's like, oh, come on now. <laughs> you were literally only getting interesting in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and that's when you choose to end. Yeah, it's like the, the movie you didn't make is the more interesting movie. Yeah, yeah, or the, yeah, the movie you were fucking like, like, advert, like you're saying this is gonna turn into. So, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of it is just rather generic possession horror stuff, loud noise scares. Mm. That's about it, really. I mean, I, I wasn't offended by it, but I was pissed off when it ended when it did. Because it was the la- the last five ten minutes was the most interesting section of the film, and that's where they chose to actually finish it. So there's there's the Vatican tapes. Uh, but I also watched Amy. Um, oh, yes, the Amy Winehouse documentary. Yeah. So um, directed by Asif Kapadia, who did Senna a few years back. I believe that was in my top ten of that particular year. Um, and yeah, I mean it's. I mean, there was news this week. Apparently, Numi Rapaz is considering playing Amy Winehouse in a in a, a, a like a feature film biopic, uh, which yeah is a terrible idea. Um, I, I, it, I, mean, I mean, the thing is with with this. I mean, it's one of the most upsetting things I've seen this year, um, just on the basis that. I mean, it makes me feel, it makes me question myself, frankly, because I, I remember when, you know, she was in, like, the papers for, like, getting pissed and, like, not performing and, like, being booed off stage and just, like, laughing, basically, you know, I mean, like, when she was on Never Mind the Buzzcocks and she was, it, it did, frankly, she was off her face. Yeah. And, and, and she literally kept kept saying that she wished everyone got cat heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just <sighs> the thing is, they 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 do really show like what a weirdly massive talent she was, and like how well developed she was for how early she was in her career. I, I saw her live three times, um, very early on, like before um, a first album was out for. Was called now Frank. Uh, Frank, yeah, I thought um, that was I'm sure, in like I think 2004 or something like that. I saw her um, live, and she was brilliant. Uh, uh, and then I saw her um, a few years later, um, just after uh, Back to Black came out, and she was all right. And then I saw her um, about a year or so later supporting uh, the Arctic Monkeys, and she was quite simply was. She had two backing singers who did most of the singing, and all she did was murmur into the microphone as she was slumped over it and actually kept on being picked up to, to kind of sing. Um, and then at one point, she was just spitting at people in the audience, um, and then she fucked off. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, I mean, what they basically show is that she was 
during the the, the the like the the later part of her career, she was basically being forced into these shows. And where the blame lies, it's kind of interesting because like Mitch Winehouse has come out very on the defensive about mm. this. And I mean, the the kind of the proofs in the pudding. To be fair, I mean, like they they took her away on holiday so that she could get away from it all. And, you know, it was after she'd broken up with her husband and after he'd been to prison and whatnot. And she after she had really been in the depths of her drug addiction. And now it was basically drink. Um, and what does he do? He brings along a TV camera crew shooting a reality show, which is ostensibly about being Amy Winehouse's dad. But, you no, know, it's basically like, oh, yeah, Amy and I are going to go on a private walk on the beach and kind of talk. Do you want to come? I mean, like, it's not. He doesn't say it exactly like that, but it's just. This is this is the guy who said that who, who tried to um, essentially take the demos that she'd been recording uh, and, and re-record all the vocals with him singing because it's what she'd want. It, yeah, no, there you go. I didn't know that, but I, it, he, did, he did. But then the record company went fuck off. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I mean, you've got that, but also, I mean, like. Her, she dropped her first manager, which kind of crushed him because he was really close with her. And he actually says maybe he was too close. There's kind of an insinuation there that he either he had a thing for her or they did actually have a thing at some point. Um, but this next, her next manager was her promoter. Mm. So where's his interests going to lie? You know, so I, it just it's a confluence of circumstances that are, are, are kind of led up to what it was. But, and, and I mean, she said, she was saying, you know, she didn't want to do these, the last shows, the ones where she was really, really, really bad. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, there's like voicemail messages to, um, um, uh, uh, like, uh, oh God, most deaths in it quite a lot um, because he was really close with her. Yeah. And like it, it, it's like he's talking about how she was calling up up and saying like you me quest love you know we're just gonna do a jazzy thing we're gonna be a super group and we're we're gonna do this let's do this so you know give me a call back and we'll talk about it and it's just like she wanted to get away from the back to black thing and yet all anybody wanted to hear was rehab mm. was back to black. She wanted to do something different, but they were just milking the cow for all it was worth. That, 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 that's it. She, she. <sighs> but I mean, she wanted to get back to the jazzy thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. She she got the commercial success, but she wanted to go back to what her heart was in. Well, I don't think she. But she couldn't. Yeah, she couldn't. I, I, I don't. I mean, from seeing views and stuff, I'm not seeing the film actually, but just from you know, I've still been a, a, a huge early fan of it. Um, you know, from seeing her essentially by accident the first time I saw her, um, where we went to see her because um, she thought, you know what, the one song it was quite good. Um, fuck it, let's go. Um, so we just went to see her, and she was fantastic. Um, and then it kind of all it just went. It just seemed to go wrong. It, it became kind of pop music essentially. She went from yeah, I mean, and bluesy, and, and you know, having a very distinct voice to just sounds a lot like everything else yeah i i i, I don't know i mean i like i like I, I like back to black you know and um I, but i mean it's 
it's kind of weird that Valerie seemed to be such a big thing for her as well. But the Zootons must fucking count their lucky stars every single fucking time that's played. Yeah. Um, that's so weird that that's a Zooton song. Yeah. You just, you don't think of it as being a Zooton song. Well, the, the chap from the Zootons says, you know, like, you know, we had two quite successful albums, yet my checks that keep going through are for writing Valerie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, man. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really, really upsetting just watching this stuff. And like her earlier on saying, like, in early interviews saying, like, you know, if I got really famous, I don't know whether I'd be able to deal with it. And it's like she she couldn't. But then it was because of the company she had around her as well. You know, um, Blake Fielder, her husband, it, it, it is, like, interviewed as well. And he does sound traumatised. <laughs> By, by the whole thing. I mean, like, he got her into crack cocaine and whatnot, you know, but he he doesn't seem unrepentant. Um, it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's in a kind of a Mitch Winehouse scenario quite there. Um, but I, I, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredibly upsetting. And I mean, there's this footage of her recording with Tony Bennett, and she's just talking about how he was an idol... And it, it, it just, it doesn't seem like bullshit. It seems so true. I, 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 it's, uh, it, I, I don't know. It really, really affected me, actually. And it, I think it's an important documentary just in terms of how the world with like social media and clickbait and Insta rage, it's, it's so easy to form an opinion without any fucking context other than the tweet you've read or the facebook post you've seen yeah you know and um, uh, my opinion of amy winehouse was that she was an embarrassment and and, you know and a drunk and you know what the fuck and you just watch this and there's so many factors in the background causing all this shit that you don't know about i i I remember uh i i just got into uh work um the restaurant i worked at at the time um, and I just looked at Twitter and it came up and said that and when I died, uh, and it was one of those things where it was like, it, it's rumoured, 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 and it was like, no, it's been confirmed. I remember going into the, the kitchen of the restaurant I worked at because I was working in the kitchen that night and saying, has it come up on radio yet? And everyone went, what? I went, hey, why not? I just died. And one of the chefs there went, oh, it's about fucking time. Thought, yeah, there you go. I, I was like, what? He went, well, it's about time, isn't it, really? Like, what do you mean it's about time? Well, you know, about time. Like, uh, sorry, I, 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 have I said something else? Someone's just died and you're saying, oh, it's about time. And he's like, well, yeah. She's fucking drug addict, wasn't she? Like, and what do you do every night after work? You go home and have a few splits. And also, to be fair, I mean, like, she pretty much, it was, it was drink that killed her. That killed her, yeah. You know, I mean, like, it, it, she'd actually gotten clean, but then she'd replaced it with booze. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, I don't know, it's really depressing. I mean, my dad drank himself to death, you know, and it's, um, well, that and him not getting, like, asking, like, admitting that there was a problem. But, um, it, you know, so it's, I don't know whether that maybe kind of had an effect in it as well, because that's still relatively, like, relatively close uh, close that happening um but i i don't know it's made it, it, it's made me think twice about my reactions to people and um 
I, I, just the fact that maybe everyone needs to think 10 seconds before tweeting something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or, or, or saying something. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's incredibly upsetting. I mean, in terms of the way the documentary is made, the only thing that I would say against it, even though I get the point Capadia is trying to make, but there's an awful lot of footage of her singing and the words coming up on the screen and like trying to show the import of the words. And it's like, it is true. I mean, she was writing about her yeah. experience, you know, so I get the point, but he does it quite a lot. And it is a little bit like, yeah, all right, fine. Let's, let's get on with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like you, I mean, when I heard Amy Winehouse died, I remember where I was as well. I was in the projection booth in, in the Cardiff view and, uh, listening to radio one. And there was like a news alert about it. And then they played Valerie afterwards. And I actually had like some tears in my eyes, you know, I can't say I cried, but and I haven't had a reaction to a, um, uh, a death like uh, a death like that really um like announced on the radio like it, it's um yeah yeah i mean it, it so fucking young <laughs> yeah so I mean, 27 was she 27 man yeah 27 club i mean like just so 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 young and only two albums out and it would have been amazing to see what she could have done if she'd been treated better yeah you know, I mean, like, obviously she had some culpability in it, but at the same time... I mean, you know, yeah, there is, there is. The, nobody for, you know, I mean, nobody forced her to do, do this drinking, but at the same time, nobody around her actually seemed to actually help. No, she, she was she was a lot of people's cash cow. But like you say, there is a, there is a level of, yeah, but, you know, she did, she did revel in it to an extent as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's. I'm, yeah, I'm not come saying come, she's back the, come the documentary. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying she was the innocent wave who was corrupted or anything like that. In all fairness, you know, they they do point out that from an early age she'd been like drinking and and like doing milder drugs and things like that. You know, but it is a case of you know the sharks feeding like the you know sensing blood and just going for it both in the media and the people who wanted to get a, a money out of her you know but it, it doesn't say it doesn't say she was the innocent corrupted by others that there is a sense of her culpability to it but at, at, i mean at the same time she was young but she like she she fell for the wrong guy she chose the wrong manager I mean, in a way she had the wrong dad you know, and um, yeah, I mean, there, there you go. I mean, because she actually says in the documentary, like uh, her dad was never around when she was young. Mm. But then when she's got success, there he is fucking sitting at the table at the awards ceremony and giving her the hugs and yeah, it, going it, on holiday and bringing the camera crew, you know. It was a granddad who got her in a music thing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, her grandma. Um, in, she's, she, they talk about her grandma quite a, quite a bit in the film as well. But and, and anyway, I mean, we, we like, good time constraints slightly yeah so I, I, it's, well, it's very good what i'll do is uh, i'll quickly say i'll quickly go through mine um i watched red eye um first time probably since since when it came out to be honest um it's an entertaining watch red eye it, it, it gets in gets its shit done and gets the fuck out i think the credits opening credits about 30 seconds long <laughs> yeah, sure. uh and it, it, it's 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 only like 85 minutes long which for a you know, for a movie starring Rachel McAdams uh, in the same year, I think that, um, or the year before, the year after uh, Mean Girls came out, 
uh, and Killian Murphy the same year Batman Begins came out, I think. Um, no, they were you know rising stars uh, in there. It's a Wes Craven movie. To to get one that's only eighty five minutes long is 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 strange. You wouldn't expect it, but it, it's polished. It's there and it, it, it's enjoyable. Uh, and I also uh, rewatched Layer Cake as well. Um, we wanted to rewatch it for a while, and then obviously having watched uh, Spectre the other week, um, Layer Cake's often referred to as kind of um, as Daniel Craig's sort of audition for Bond, um, which is. Mm. Bizarre, really. I don't think he was he was in the thinking for Bond until after Lair Cake. I think Lair Cake did sort of establish that well, actually, he could make a good Bond. And there's a bit where he actually he does a very Bondy thing in it, um, you know, within the film itself. Um, I forgot how fucking great Lair Cake is. To be honest, I need to rewatch Lair Cake, man. It's been years, yeah. Um, and the one real key thing that I forgot, because I remember, I remember enjoying Lair Cake. But I remember, I, but one thing that I, I completely forgot, or I didn't get at the time when I first watched it, was how fucking intense a movie it is. You know, it, it's not it's not a jovial kind of romp uh, akin to something like um, Snatch or Lockstock. It's it's a proper crime thriller, um, but it's got a real intensity to it. It, it. it shit gets real really fucking quick, and it starts sort of running through it. And Daniel Craig is he's very very good in it you know he seems to be you know it's established in that great opening um sort of sequence that he's that level bit a bit level smarter than than most criminals he's the one where he's covering his back and he doesn't he isn't out you know doing coke and living the highlight it's treated as a job to him um what he does being a cocaine dealer it isn't a lifestyle for him it's it's his job um, but yeah, I, I won't go too much into it, obviously, then, because we've got time constraints. And, uh, no, 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 it's all right, man. You can talk for a bit. Go on. But yeah, it's there's just it, it, it bounces along so fucking quick, and there's so much going on with it. And then you're looking at it going. I mean, when it first came out, a lot of the people in it weren't that well known, and the people who were well known were people like Dexter Fletcher. And um, Stephen John Shepard, who was still sort of riding high off the back of um, you know this life and things like that, um, but now when you go back, you know to, this is this is this is just going through some of the cast: Daniel Craig, Colm Meaney, uh, Michael Gambon, Tom Hardy, Ben Wishaw, uh, Bern Gorman, Sally Hawkins, Sienna Miller. You know, if you put that cast in a new movie now, they'd all be on the fucking poster. Yeah. And at the time, you know, people like you know, Cinnamon Miller was on it because she was she was dating um, Jude Law at the time, Jude so, Law. Yeah, and sure. she was a bit of a society girl um, from it. So, but she's she's quite good in this. She's one of the she's been better in things since, we'll say. But you know, yeah. got early Hardy and Ben Whitton. American Sniper, amazing. Yeah, she's great in America. So she's very her acting with the with the baby. With, with oh. the, yeah, with the the weird baby. Yeah, she's actually she's really good in Mississippi Burning. Actually, not Mississippi Burning, uh, Mississippi Grind. She's really quite good. In <laughs> I'd love to hear Mississippi Burning. Yeah, that'd be fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's a it's a great time. It, it's like it. I, I thoroughly recommend you go back and rewatch it because it's 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 really weird going back and rewatching it post Bond because a it it makes you appreciate how fucking buff um 
Daniel Craig has got for Bond. Because he's, he's, he's obviously he takes care of himself when he always has, but he's clearly a lot bigger as Bond than he yeah. is in this. Uh, there's definitely a transformation in that. But uh, yeah, it's, I say the intensity of it uh, and the, the not cheeky little winks thing uh, of it, 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 it shot me. But yeah, I would absolutely get back to it fucking quickly. Because hmm. I was, hmm. it, it's, I already kind of liked it, but it's gone up in my estimations of, hang on a minute. Why, you know, this film is one of those where, oh yeah, it's good for film like cake. It's like, no, it's not. It's a fucking great film. Oh, I've just this on iTunes. Fuck. <laughs> I have a feeling it'd be fairly reasonable. I think Lake is actually on US Net- on UK Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, I might have to fucking dabble in that this week then. I I, I would because, and, but like I say, it was the, my main shock was how how fucking it 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 poker straight all the way through. I tell you what, it's a film that Donna references every now and then that she fucking hates. Really? Like, Don doesn't, like, talk about films without prompting much. But she will basically not watch anything Daniel Craig's in because of how much she didn't like Layer Cake. Really? Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit weird, that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't watch it with her, then. <laughs> yes, well, there, there is that. Cool. Um... Right, I'm going to let you introduce uh, the Star Wars stuff because explain oh. it better than me. Here we go. Okay, it is time for the first part of Mike and Ian play. Uh, Mike, Mike and Ian, Mark and Ian play <laughs> with their lightsabers, um, and it, it's because I expect Mike from Chinstroker versus Punter to be doing Star Wars talk and not us. Um, anyway, it's uh, yeah. So um, for the next six well, and the the review of episode seven show seven episodes we're going to be talking about some star wars and uh, we're going to be starting with 1999's episode one the phantom menace written and directed by george lucas and um starring liam neeson uh ewan mcgregor the majestic jake lloyd uh the uh made up to shit natalie portman the decoy kira knightley um and um other people what yeah, I didn't realise it was that. I didn't realise that. When you, when you know it's Kira Knightley, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You fucking can't unsee Listen it. Listen to that, I thought, oh my god, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really weird, but yeah. Um, so, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Here we go, then. So, um, uh, 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 taxation, trade routes, Japanese stereotypes. <sighs> And uh, George Lucas, who actually in the documentary, the beginning, after watching the rough cut, actually says, I think I went a bit too far with some things there. And and also with Jake Lloyd, there's just before because Jake Lloyd. Wow. in, In this documentary, there's a scene where him and the producer Rick McCallum are walking off set. I think it might be like the first day on set. And they're talking about how good Natalie Portman is. And they're like, Ian McDermott, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's solid. Ian's always really dependable. And I learned a couple of things about Jake today. And then it just cuts. And um, there's another bit where they're shooting some stuff. And he and then George Lucas is like, well, I think I've got a couple of things there. And later on in the documentary, 
No, this isn't about Jake Lloyd specifically, but they're they're looking at a scene, and he's with Ben Burt, the editor and like legendary sound designer, and um, George Lucas is basically like digitally editing two takes in within the same shot, and so. I wonder sometimes if Jake Lloyd, his performance in this film is because he's fucking terrible or because George Lucas has basically digitally manipulated him into being terrible. And it's kind of the same with Natalie Portman. Because Natalie Portman is rubbish in this one. Jake Lloyd is worse. But Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson are perfectly all right. Hmm. Okay, talk. Yeah. Um, That that, that, that scrolling kind of title card thing that you get with the Star Wars movies. Uh, But the second sentence is something about taxation. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, I, I saw this movie on fucking DVD, like the week it came out on DVD, and I was barely fucking paying attention because it was not my thing and it was even more not my thing back when I was 17 um, and I, so I bet paused it because is a Star Wars fan and said hang on a minute is, is, is this film actually about um, politics and tax tax um, manipulation and um, trade embargoes and stuff it's just like a little bit of like Okay, brilliant, cool, let's go. Um, Hugh McGregor's fucking awful. Hugh McGregor's not awful. Oh, he's, he's terrible. He's doing the Alec Guinness impression. Wait, wait, a bad one? Yeah. He's, come on now. No, I, genuinely, I, 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 would, I would argue that he's almost, I would argue that he's possibly worse than Jake Lloyd, because at least Jake Lloyd can argue the fact that he's a child. Well, I like I say with Jake Lloyd, I genuinely don't know who to blame with him. No, really. Honestly, honestly, I'm not just being I'm not just being about this. I I think McGregor is fucking terrible in this. I think his his delivery is so (laughs) it's oh it's it's painful to watch my points. You I, I, I was watching that, but Jewel of the Fates bit, he's, I, I really, really like what he's doing. The, the, the fucking, uh, the, the fight with Darth Maul and Obi-Wan. Oh, right, the, uh, the, 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 yeah, the you put all these Oh, what, what, okay, why are you Swinging. All, why are you being all, well, do you know, that? The, I, 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 I went into this going, do you know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to be. Fair. I'm gonna go in. I'm, I'm gonna try and like these movies, and God, this is. It, it was hard work watching this movie. I agree. It's a it is. It, it is hard. It is hard work getting through Phantom Menace. It is, but the pod race. The pod race was good. I'll give it that. Was 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 all right. The lights, that lightsaber fight at the end, mm-hmm. I think more than 50% of the quality of it is John Williams' score. Well, you see... <laughs> on this, for some reason, I can't... The, the, the Star Wars theme tune, or anything, can't stay in my head. I, when someone... When, when, if the Star Wars theme plays, 
it takes me a good, and I mean a good 30 seconds to go, or for something to point out and go, this is Star Wars thing, and I go, oh god, it is, yeah. It just, it, it isn't there in my head. So, I, my brain, for some reason, has replaced it. So when I, when someone says, oh, it's the Star Wars theme, because I can't remember the Star Wars theme, that doesn't play in my head. The theme to a Jurassic Park plays in my head instead, and I go, what? Da, 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 da. All the way through the score started. In my head, it was just going, da, 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 da. all the way through it. So, the thing is, I mean, I'm obviously the Star Wars fan of the two of us. Um, I, I, you know, I think that goes without saying, really. Um, but. There are there are long sequences in this film that are just deathly dull. Mm. Um, anything with Anakin and his mom is bad. The "Are you an angel?" scene oh. is answered. Yeah. Um, but I think Liam Neeson does a good job in being the the, the kind of the respected. Jedi figure that you could see both Ewan McGregor and Jake Lloyd seeing as a father figure, despite the age difference between them. Mm. Um, I, I think he does a really good job there. Um, I, I, I do rate the John Williams score throughout the film. I think I think that that is pretty fucking good. Um, I I like the Jedi Council stuff. Um, I, I like Yoda in this. It is interesting the. The Blu-ray and iTunes versions um, have Yoda fully CG, um, whereas previously it was Puppet. And I will say, George Lucas does do a lot of tinkering, and we probably will get to that in, in, in the course of this lot. But um, I think the CG Yoda in Phantom Menace is, is a good choice uh, between the two. Um, it, it did look weirdly out of date. Um, the, the DVD and the, like the, the, the cinema versions of, of Phantom Menace. Um, but yeah, it's about, it's about embargoes and tax. And, you know, the emperor basically starts his rise to power because he convinces Natalie Portman to do a vote in no confidence in Terence Stamp because of trade embargoes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little bit like that. It, the Jedi Council thing. I've just uh, this is this is a, a genuine a genuine question. What do they what 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 do they do? What is their actual point? Well, they're they're peacekeepers. They're basically like the United Nations. Right. That's what they do. Right. That's okay. I, I, I need that just establishing. So they 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 do seem resorts of violence very quickly, and also well when they they, they do. They pull out the lightsabers and start attacking very quickly. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, as well, if they can use the force thing, uh, right, and they do it while they're in battles and stuff like that, wouldn't it just be easier to use that all of the time? Like, there's a moment where 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 Darth Maul for some reason jumps right onto the edge of something. Why didn't either Obi Wan or the other one, um, Liam Neeson, go? Wait a minute. Fuck it. Clink falls and then just knock him off the edge. Well, in or, I mean, I don't know. This is probably spin, but if they're in, in the middle of battle and they're in the middle of battle quite a few times, they'll stop and do force on things. 
all right, fine. I don't have an answer for that. It just it, it just seems a little bit like they're, they're, they're just showing off a little Sting bit. Sting is at TGP73. I know me just saying Steve, you know it's you. <laughs> if there is a reason, can you tweet us, please? G- yeah, generally, if, if there is, I'm fine with it. If there is a reason, I, I, I'm fine with it. As fine with it as I, as I can get. But it does seem like... Essentially, they're just they're just they've trained for years in how to use lightsabers, and they're just going to show off using them when all they have to do actually is just do the hand thing, and all these droids are just fucking drop. Well, it is established in Empire Strikes Back that it takes a good amount of concentration and power to uh, pull up an X-wing. So you know, it, it could be that you would actually have to be there prone concentrating while you lift all of them up. Mm. No, I, no, I think that deserves more than a hmm, to be no, honest. Because he literally, at one point, turns round and just, Liam Neeson, and just pushes his hand out, and like five droids just drop to bits. Like, well, yeah. Minute, why don't you just do that to the ones that you just hit with your thing? Yeah, but not like a fucking army of them. Well, no, but when there was... And also, if he, if he, does, them, if he does that, he's leaving himself fucking prone to be blasted. Yeah. No, no, he does, though. Like, he does. No, no, no. Hey, but why don't they do it to Darth Maul? Well, that's what I'm asking Steve for advice on. Because he, he does do a jumpy, flippy thing, lands on the edge, and then they walk towards him. In those few seconds, they could have just gone, handy thing, and that's it. Sorted. Steve, if you're not able to answer this, the Empire is alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because they wanted to show off, that's why. You're fucking Darth Sidious and I'm bloody inexperienced Jedi. (laughs) I'm a Padawan learner and I need Steve to help me. And also, another thing, while I'm on it, right? How could they not fucking notice the Natalie Portman thing? The fact that she flits between being Queen and being the Queen's assistant. Now, this... Yes. It is a little... I'm sorry, you've got the force and you can feel that stuff's not right, yet you can't fucking tell that a person you've just spent two days with is now the fucking queen. There is... there. I, I Yeah, there is a bit where she announces that and then it cuts back to Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor going, oh... Oh! It's like, it, 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 yeah, it, that, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's fair enough. Also, in all fairness... Has Amadala never been pictured without funny dresses and makeup on? Yeah. I'd imagine the Naboo paparazzi would be trying to get a photo of her without makeup or in her usual digs all the time. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. I mean, like, let's leave it fucking starting on, like you say, it's a little bit, it, 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 it treads a fine line of being a little bit racy stereotype. I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I actually remember first saw it the first time the trade vice really fucking said something it was like really yeah it is it, a little bit like why i'm sure why do they have to I have asian accents just because they're dressed in asian themed garb yeah and and they're i don't know and they're the bad guy i mean the, the thing is just based on lucas's cinematic history alone and his love for kurosawa he obviously doesn't think all Japanese people are bad guys. No, along I'm sure with a lot of other things, but still, it's a fucking weird choice. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's not it's not racist. It's not. 
it's just a little bit, oh, come on. There's a lot of racial stereotypes going on there. I mean, the, the, I mean, I will say, though, in, in comparison to episodes two and three, I like the practical locations. Like, they filmed a lot of this in Italy, yeah, there's some, particularly in the Nabu stuff. Yeah, there is some nice practical. There's some nice model work in there as well. Mm. Uh, but that's gone in the next one, isn't it? it, it, it yeah, the, this is the thing. Like, episode two is green screen, green screen, green screen. And, and interestingly, like, episode two and three can never be released in, like, a, a, a kind of a native 4K they were shot in 2K. Yeah. They were shot in 1080p because Lucas was so oh, fucking yeah. adamant on getting on the digital train. That I mean, because episode two was the first feature film shot digitally. Yeah, it was to be shot entirely digitally, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and it's... Because, I mean, like, there were bits of episode one shot digitally, but most of it was shot in 35mm, and George Lucas was pissed about that. And the thing is, episode two, I mean, we'll get to it, episode two looks like shit. Episode episode three looks better. I might, I might actually be, it might be episode two can't be shown in anything natively above 2K. Maybe episode three can, but but I, I swear it's two and three. But yeah, two, literally, a 4K Blu-ray will have to be upscaled. Which will make it look even fucking worse. Like, how weird is that? So, but I mean, but with this, there is still a sense of practicality to the thing. Um, But I mean, then you do have Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd, my thing with him, it feels like every line reading that he gives or every shot, it's like they let the camera roll for a second before he was ready to do the line. (laughs) And someone just went, Jake! Yeah, and it's like, uh, are you an angel? I, I, it's, I, I mean, to be fair, the, the the shit between Anakin and Amidala will get so much worse in episode two. It will get so much worse. Yeah, I, 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 I so the thing is, I only remember really from the the the, the first, the second three trilogy, the one, two, and three. I only remember one actual thing from those three movies. Um, and it's a terribly cringy picnic scene from the next movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it, the thing is with this, what I will say for um, the Phantom Menace, I was never bored as such throughout it. I never felt like I, I, right. I, I, ju- I just want this to end because I'm so bored. I, I wanted it to end because it was so bad, but I never got that bored is what i'll say which is a plus yeah i mean there's just i i mean i i do think the stuff on tatooine um is the pod race aside pretty brutal um i i'm not not a fan of that section at all i mean that's wizard annie and um i i don't know his little his little friend who's actually called kidster which still blows my mind yeah um but I, i don't know it's I have enough in it to get me through it. Um, but then you've got Jar Jar and Brian Blessed um, and, and all that stuff. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Because they really tried to make that a thing. I, the thing is, I see what they were doing there. They wanted to have a comedy character for the under fives. You know, I, I mean, it's... They were, it, I, let's be honest. They were, yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much, yeah. But I mean, it's it's interesting that 
they have him built up so much here. And then I think in episode two, he has maybe one scene. Then I think in episode three, he's in one shot. That That's good news because, frankly, he is, he's a terrible character. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for the for the actor Ahmed Best because it kind of feels like he never really managed to survive that whole thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he is bad. He's there purely for slapstick and for saying things incorrectly. And he adds he adds nothing to the plot. Um, I mean, apart from, like, the, the Naboo and the, the his race, the Gungans, like, getting together and then forming an alliance, it's... He doesn't really do anything there. And you don't really need Jar Jar for the resolution of that either. You could have had the, the, the Gungans and the, the, the Naboo just not liking each other and then the Naboo coming to them on hand and knee. Because Jar Jar doesn't really do anything to actually help with that situation because it's Amadala who has that speech and like bows down to him. And then he's like, oh, well, you don't think we're better than us? Oh, maybe we can yeah. do a deal or whatever it is he says, you know. So Jar Jar just doesn't do anything, but I will, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens next week, but I will bet you that Jar Jar's worst stuff is not as bad as the worst of Amidala and Anakin in episode two. Well, the other other thing that kind of baffled me about this is Anakin and his mum, Anakin's mum, whatever she's called, Pete, Pete, what's she called? Shmi. Shmi. Just call it yeah. Shmi. Oh. Shmi Skywalker. Right. Yeah. Um, they're slaves, right? Yeah. Doesn't like a bad life, actually, does it? She's always at home. He's got... He's what? <laughs> eight years old? And he's got... He can build a toy fucking robot and essentially... He's got full-time employment. <laughs> eight years old. What? How old is he supposed to be? Well, yeah, I mean, to, yeah, I mean, he's like eight or nine years old. But I mean, and he's, he's building himself a pet but... robot and a car he's got a car that's not fucking bad slave life that is it really let's be honest so what you'd like a scene of like Watto fucking his mum up the arse while he peeks through the fucking peaky hole in his little sand hut yes i'd prefer that than him to have what seems like quite a cushy little fucking existence and then, yeah i mean he yeah, does get oh he gets off stranger comes in oh but is my mum free no oh well fuck it he even says yippee and yeah, twice. he can get off work and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh, thank God for that. That labour was really hard. It was just like, yeah, I've cleaned a few things. Then what? Who says I can go? Yeah, you, you, you know, oh, you do that and then you can go home. That's not, that's not slavery. That's employment. So, I mean, I think... I'm 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 hoping I'm not going to like this on all of them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I the thing is, I think I'm going to have more bad stuff to say about episode two, in all honesty. Um, so get ready for that. <laughs> um, but I I think I'm touching cloth. I don't think I can give it a definitely shit because I like Liam Neeson. I like you and McGregor. Damn it. Shit. I I like the pod race. I like the lightsaber battle at the end. I like the score. I like the world. Um, you know, it's just too bad that some of the characters are fucking dog shit and the dialogue's bad. It, it looks nice. The the pod racing thing uh, was 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 good. Um, 
it was. I mean, to be fair, that scene is 16 years old now, and it still looks really good. But has it had a lot of tweaks done to it? Be honest, like a lot of digital sort of like polishing up and things like that. In the I don't, I don't, I don't think so in the Blu-ray stuff. I don't think they actually like enhance the visuals. It, it, it looks good. It looks, it looks all right. That's it. But I, I'm not invested in the world, so I can't come at it with previous experience. And I, it, it, I just didn't think it was very good. I'm gonna have to go on our scale. I just thought it was shit. Fair enough. I, I, I honestly, I promise, listeners, I am not just saying that to be a dick. I'm really, really, really not. Because I didn't sit down. I sat down and watched it um, at ten o'clock this morning with my breakfast and was like, right, do you know what? I'm hoping that I'm going to get through this and go. I had a good time with that. You know, Star Wars still isn't my thing, but that was perfectly fine. I wasn't expecting to to to, to have a as an adverse reaction to it as as I did, whereas the next one I very much am. <laughs> so that one might be not as bad as I'm expecting it to be. Uh, episode two is brutal. If if I come out of it at anything more than a definitely shit, I'm going to be surprised. We will see. We will see. Next. In the end of the day, I am fully in Star Wars mode. At the moment, I really, really want to like everything Star Wars. Well, yeah, Be- Bex is as well, as soon as she actually said to me, oh, we can't watch the second, next one now, can we? We've got to wait until next week. I was like, yeah, we do. Does she watch Star Wars Rebels? She's not. I don't think she's watched any of the out-of-world stuff beyond the, um, what is it, um, the, the movies. Get her on Rebels, man. It's just like, it's a nice 20-minute burst of Star Wars-y stuff. I'll get her to give it a watch. It's fun. Like, uh, honestly, it's fun. And Freddie Prince Jr. voices the, one of the lead characters. Does he? Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, right, cool. It's um, fun. Oh, we, we do have a few questions. Uh, bear with me two seconds, I'll get to Oh, shoot, go ahead. Uh, boo boo doo My phone's taking ages to open anything. Oh, new Ash vs. Evil Dead. That's getting watched when we're done. Come on, you stupid fuck. Ah, there it is. Matt Barnett, uh, at Matt Barnett on Twitter. Um, As franchises go spin-off crazy, which incidental character from any movie would you love to see uh, in a solo spin-off? Fucking um, that dude, Charles Fleischer in Zodiac. I want to see what his fucking character is actually all about. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? No, which one's he? When um, Jake Gyllenhaal goes to um, see the guy towards the end. Oh, and in his basement. basement. Yes. Yeah. yes. I want to see what that guy's all about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mainly because I've got, got westerns in my in my head from watching Blood and Tomahawk, but I would love to see a, a movie of just um, Charlie Prince, um, Ben Foster's character, of, of just him. Because he absolutely fucking steals that movie. What, in 310 to Yuma? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. I think we've got another one. But yeah, there's there's, there's there's been some good ones that you go, do you know what? That, that character could have could easily have its own movie. I'd uh, like to think I could get five billion to one odds on my answer being Charles Fleischer from Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only question we've got. 
never. I thought we did, to be honest. I'm going to check my Twitter feed and just see if they, maybe they didn't. Um... I thought we had another one as well. I really, really, really genuinely thought we had another. Motherfuckers, never mind. Did we have one earlier in the week? No, we didn't. So I'm going back to the what is it ones. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was it. That was that was that, that was the one we had uh, there. Um, so yeah, that was uh, episode one three four of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, next week, what we're we covering him? Um, Steve Jobs, is it? Oh, it will be, yeah. It'll be Steve Jobs uh, and uh, the next part of uh, Ian and Mike play with their lightsabers, uh, or, which is episode two, uh, the Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones. Clones. Damn it. Clone Wars the TV series, wasn't it? Um, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at our fucking thing that Noel put up on Facebook. Which one? Uh, the John Travolta just swiveling oh, his pelvis. Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Noel's right, it does get stranger the more you look at it. It's just, it looks like the bottom half of his body shouldn't be connected to the top. <laughs> it's the face he's pulling. <laughs> I mean, there's that as well. Um, but, I mean, uh, Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Bohm's just, um, uh, who's uh, like a long-time internet friend of mine, uh, just fucking uh, Facebook saying, the guy to the left behind him is, like, refusing to be upstaged by John Travolta. <laughs> it's right. He's really fucking into it. Sorry. Yeah, episode two. It's <laughs> fucking bad. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, plus our usual bits and bats. Uh, we thank you very, very much for listening, uh, and we shall speak to you next week. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. Bye.